Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. I often browse Amazon book categories like fertility and endocrine disorders to see what books I might like to read to stay on top of the latest in PCOS-related topics. There was one book that was rising in the Amazon fertility category ranks that really intrigued me. It wasn't about PCOS or really even fertility. It was more of a memoir written by Nicole Zazowski. She's a marriage and family therapist And the book is called From Lost to Found. And the summary really intrigued me. The summary says, in From Lost to Found, Nicole shares her story as she helps us name what we fear losing most, identify how our reactive behaviors are failing us, discover what joy we can find in letting go, and move forward in the freedom God has for us. So, I ordered and read her book, and then I invited Nicole on the podcast because I think she has much wisdom to share for us PCOS divas. Many of us have felt lost after a diagnosis. We've suffered difficulties getting pregnant and maybe even had a miscarriage, and we struggle with a chronic health condition like PCOS, and I really found her book to be a bomb. So welcome, Nicole, to the PCOS Diva podcast. I'm so glad that you agreed to come on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. So you are a licensed marriage and family therapist. You're a writer and speaker. You're based in Connecticut, where you live with your husband and two young boys. And as you say in your bio, you are an old soul who wears her heart proudly on her sleeve. I can relate with that. <laughs> um, Good. <laughs> and Nicole loves using her words to help others find an enduring peace and joy outside of circumstance. So yes. I would love for you to just start about, you know, why you wrote this book. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a therapist and I, it was my greatest joy to help others find peace and joy outside of circumstance. Um, 
what I didn't realize for many years is that I was personally missing out on that peace and joy uh, because my um, hope was very much attached to um, control, the life life looking how I expected it to. Um, and I would sort of work outwork a situation so I could ensure that was sort of my way of controlling is I'll just work harder than everybody else to make my life look exactly how I dreamed it would um, and relied on perfectionism and performance, you know, winning people over um, so that I could feel valued and secure. And it wasn't until I confronted my own season of um, intense pain and loss that those things were called out as frauds. They stopped working for me. Um, And I learned very quickly that there's an opportunity, as painful as it is, there's an opportunity when you're all out of aces and have no more cards to play. Um, My control behaviors, my perfectionism, my performance, um, no amount of hard work could change the pain I was feeling. And so... I had to discover a new way, and the book really outlines my journey, um, combines my personal story with uh, my uh, me discovering for myself what I knew to be true as a therapist, um, so my counseling expertise and also my faith journey in, in the book. So you had mentioned perfectionism, and that was something that was a real theme throughout the book, mm-hmm. and... I yeah I wrote my book of healing PCOS that I think a lot of women with PCOS who are suffering are perfectionists and I call myself a recovering perfectionist I have to really um you know work at it every day to kind of overcome it for me it can be really destructive these perfectionist tendencies um uh, that I hold myself to, and I even hold my family members to, um, which isn't always the best thing. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that a lot of women um, listening could probably relate to that. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about um, like your journey with perfectionism and what you've done to. Um, kind of keep that in check a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, perfectionism was a sneaky one. And I say that, and maybe this is partly why so many women with who suffer from PCOS um, grapple with this too, is because um, – Our culture really celebrates perfectionism in a lot of ways, and it is not wrong to um, to, to have a standard of excellence in things that you do. That's a good thing. But I think when those of us who confront things that no matter how hard we work or how perfect we try and make things, we confront circumstances where we can't make it perfect. I think then our perfectionism really gets um, highlighted in a different way than um, maybe just going along living our lives would. Um, I have 
come to see that as a gift, as painful as it is, even um, even in this season of uh, launching a book um, in the midst of this COVID-19 um, season that we're going through, you know, when we confront things we cannot change, there's so much opportunity for growth in us and for change in us. Um, and so I would love to tell you that I'm always really disciplined about keeping it in check. <laughs> it's it's a constant struggle for me. And um, thankfully, I've confronted enough seasons where it's just not going to work, um, that it's a reminder, okay, yes, there's a different way. I And there's three things that I try to keep in mind to feel secure in an unsafe situation. Um, and I use unsafe as like, situations where I don't feel like I have total control. Um, The first is that while I am not in total control, I am empowered to make choices and I do have agency. Um, The second is I am not alone. Um, I have a community that that loves me. Um, If you're a person of faith, that can be very helpful as a reminder that you're not alone. and also, you know, this community that you've built, I want to commend you that you've, you've created such a wonderful safe space for women all over to connect um, and know that they're not alone. And that can be hugely healing um, when it comes to perfectionism. Um, and then the third um, is if we have to go through this, no one would call the situation good, but is there goodness and growth that has sprung from it? Um, And are we willing to see those things that maybe it's not the story we would have written for ourselves, um, but can we have eyes to see the goodness that has emerged um, in the midst of it? And, and that one has been particularly powerful for me when I think about perfectionism. Mm. And I just want people to know where we are recording this right in the midst of this, of uh, as you mentioned, the COVID nineteen crisis. Yeah. This is, I think, this is March twenty fifth. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure when this podcast will air, but just to sort of frame our conversation for listeners, um, something else, something that I would just add to it that that was a real lesson for me is to to really embrace progress. Mm-hmm. rather than perfection. Because um, I know for me, striving perfection really less, left me exhausted, frustrated, feeling bad about myself. It was taking a toll on myself and really those around me. It was unsustainable. And now I'm really about creating a lifestyle that is sustainable and that's going to you know, um, allow me to uh, really be the best version of myself and that uh, perfectionism was not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love your point about um, about being a work in progress because that's what we all are and giving ourselves grace enough grace. to, you know, love where I am and grow from there. And you can have room for growth and still be just as valuable where you are mm-hmm. now as you will be, you know, a year from now when you've done all that good growing. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So I wanted to talk, if you don't mind, more, um, you know, getting more into the the pain and loss. Mm -hmm. And women with PCOS, I think that um, we often mourn the life that we wish that we had. You know, we, we, and I I think we um, tend to, you know, look at women who aren't dealing with PCOS, you know, they can get they often, it seems like they can get pregnant a lot easier, that they don't really have to watch their diet or lifestyle. You know, we, you know, we can look at, um, you know, ice cream sundae and put, you know, 10 pounds on just by looking at it where our friends don't really have that issue. You know, we, we tend to be more fatigued and maybe moodier, you know, all of these things that, that it looks like, um, you know, our friends aren't dealing with, uh, you know, we're maybe mourning the, uh, the life that we had planned for ourselves, mm-hmm. kind of like what, what you were saying in the, in, um, in sort of the intro of, uh, our discussion and a lot of women with PCOS, you know, we're, we're, uh, we have the pain of going month to month without a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, when the period comes, you know, you kind of mourn that life that you thought may have happened, mm-hmm. um, or we suffer miscarriages. So a lot of those things, um, you know, you wrote about in your book, and I was hoping you could kind of share a little bit more about your personal story and, um, and the silver lining that you found. Yeah. Um, gosh, even you just saying those experiences, um, it's, I, I know that pain and for anyone listening that's in the midst of that pain, um, goodness, I just want to honor that because it is real. And I, I think that's the first thing I would say, um, is to, to someone who's in those shoes of, you know, getting their period after not wanting it or, you know, looking at one lonely pink line on a negative pregnancy test or, um, you know, in the wake of a miscarriage is, I, I think we're getting better as a culture at, uh, at honoring how painful that is, but often those experiences happen in the quiet of our own homes and um, aren't necessarily validated like other painful experiences, but goodness, is that, that is just such a, um, that is, such a profound experience of loss, um, even if it's a negative pregnancy test. That's that's a loss. It's a loss of expectations. There's that momentary loss of hope um, that you had for that month when you have a miscarriage. I say this a lot. It's not just the, you know, the, the weeks that you knew about that baby, but it's all the, it's the story you wrote as soon as you found out you were pregnant for your family with that little one, for that little one's life. Um, It's a story you've dreamed about that you suddenly have to say goodbye to. I think I say in the book, you know, um, because we are such visual people and we are dreamers, which is a good thing. Um, But I, I think I write in the book that suddenly, you know, you're free to go on that vacation that you didn't Mm-hmm. think you'd be able to make because you were supposed to be delivering your baby and you wish you weren't free to go on that vacation. And, um, you know, just 
you took a picture in your mind of what your family would look like as soon as you found out you were pregnant and then you have to say goodbye to that picture and it takes a long time for that to fade. Um, and, you know, you'll always carry that little one in your heart some way, somehow. Um, my, my personal experience was um, that we, my husband and I got married fairly young and so we started um, trying to have children about five years into our marriage, and I was about 27. Um, and my mom had not had any miscarriages. Um, my husband's mom had had a couple, um, but I was very healthy, very uh, no indication of that anything would be wrong, and I got pregnant very quickly uh, the first time. And um, unfortunately, that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage, um, miraculously, I, I got pregnant quite quickly after that, um, again, and, and then again, that one ended in a miscarriage, and my doctor at that point was like, you know, I don't think anything's wrong, um, but why don't you just go get a fertility scan, just to make sure, because you're really young, and two in a row is a little suspect to me, so sure enough, we discovered a genetic, um, it's called a balanced translocation on my husband's side, um, which makes it more likely than not that I will miscarry a baby when I get pregnant. And um, in the midst of, we have two children now, but um, have had five miscarriages in the midst of our two boys, two before my first son and then three in between. Um, and, you know, while it's certainly different than PCOS um, in a million ways, I can relate to the chronic nature of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I can fix. Um, no amount of hard work, no amount of eating right or being really disciplined in all these areas is going to make it different. Um, and so it, I really began this journey of how can I find peace and joy and how can I choose hope in the midst of a situation that is not going to change. And I think when you're a perfectionist or you're performance-oriented, you often tend to put your um, peace and joy on the far side of a goal achieved or a dream realized. Exactly. Um, and I really had to begin this journey of, okay, if this does not change, um, how will I have hope um, and peace and joy right now? Um, and that's really the essence of From Lost to Found, my book. Mm. Uh, and it, it's interesting because of the time that we're recording this, you know, with so much uncertainty and fear, there's, it, it is a choice to find the hope and the joy and the blessing um, you know, in the moment. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, and I will be totally honest, that's a journey I'm still on. Um, you know, I, I know with all my heart that there is goodness and blessing to be found even in seasons that or stories you would not have written for yourself. Um, I have certainly seen, you know, a different kind of marriage emerge. Um, and I, I can't say what would have happened if, if we hadn't gone through this, but I know that 
the kind of conversations and the intimacy that we have because of some really tough circumstances and some really difficult um, conversations <laughs> over the years. That's just one example of a blessing I found in the wake of what's been broken and lost. And that's not calling the broken and lost things good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that our pain is good. Um, but I do know that good can come from it. Mm. Well, and that's kind of how I've looked at my PCOS journey. I mean, I, um, I never in a million years thought that I would be in this place. I went to school for marketing. You know, I was stay-at-home mom, but I was going to go back into marketing when the kids got into school. And um, because of my journey, you know, here I am now helping others. And, and you're doing the same thing, you know, by writing the book. If it wasn't for your journey, um, you, know, you probably would have never wrote the book and wouldn't have been able to provide some solace to other women who are, are going through the same sort of grieving process. Absolutely. No, I, um, I'm grateful for this story in, in many ways, as painful as it has been because of exactly what you're saying, um, of the transformation that's happening in me um, and also the way I'm able to uh, hopefully my, my prayer and hope is that I can reach back and um, help others who might be in a similar position, even if their diagnosis is different or their story is a different version of a story they wouldn't have written for themselves. Um, But I, I certainly hope that the book blesses and encourages and through my, I I hope that my counseling work is different too, as a result of what I've gone through. So in your book, you, you talk about how you never thought that hope, you never thought of hope as a choice. Mm -hmm. Could you, can you um, kind of expound on that a little bit for us? Yeah, I, I guess I always um, had, had approached hope as the result of, you know, favorable odds or, um, you know, and that's kind of the way we talk about it. Like when we turn on the news and we, we see some good news, we think, oh, that's hopeful. And then we start to have a little bit more hope. I, I had approached my own hope like that, um, that I needed a reason before I was willing because hope is an extremely vulnerable experience. Um, and this audience will appreciate that because you know what it's like to, to hope every single month um, and to, to have those hopes lead you to disappointment. And I guess I got to this place where I was really afraid to hope because it felt like um, I was just inviting disappointment. And what I realized is, because I went through this season where I was just like, I, I won't. I'll keep low expectations. And worst case, I'll be right. And best case, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, it didn't really work like that because when you stop hoping, you not only protect yourself from disappointment, Mm -hmm. but you protect yourself from the joy too. There's Mm -hmm. no filter on that. Even if it's the joy that comes from um, connecting with your loved ones in the midst of pain. Um, If I I went through this period where I was just um, 
very much trying to perform in my pain and be mature and really it wasn't mature at all it was just invulnerable and when you're invulnerable um you tend to not let people in um and connect with you in ways that can be really important and healing um but i also protected myself from um from other joy and so I decided that I needed to choose hope um, as a part of my own healing and growth and that hope is a good idea, not necessarily because it guarantees a change in our circumstance, but because there's change and growth in us as a result of, in the process of hoping it does something inside of us that's really important. Mm. You, you write in your book, yes, your feelings are real. They might even overwhelm you and be difficult to speak into at times. But whether hopelessness becomes our new normal is up to us. We get to choose hope and hope is available to everyone right now. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, and, and to me that was very empowering to, not have to wait for the perfect circumstances to feel hope. Um, but to say, no, I can, I can have hope right now, regardless of what my future holds. Mm -hmm. And it may lead me to different circumstances than I would have chosen or planned, but there's hope there too. And, and sometimes the greatest joy, um, comes when we, are drained of our expectations um, and are left uh, with empty hands to receive um, what we actually need and, and a more beautiful life story than we could have ever imagined for ourselves. Mm. And I think that sort of brings us to the next theme that I wanted to talk about, which is surrender. Mm. Um, And you write, that surrender is simply an acknowledgement that we are empowered to do some things, but our lives are ultimately shaped by God's will, not our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, knowing that we do have agency, that we are empowered to make choices, um, to grow, to be healthy, to connect with other people, Um, We're empowered over the message we give ourselves. I I always say that the voice we hear um, most often is the voice inside our own head. So let's be careful what message we give it. Um, But we are not in total control. And so anxiety and worry tends to come when we start trying to control things that we – that we are not empowered to control mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because then our brain gets thinks that, okay, if I just worry about this enough, I can make it different. Um, and really you're just making yourself miserable. And I'm pointing nine fingers at myself when I'm saying this, you're, we're making ourselves miserable and um, we're not changing anything with our worry. Um, and so that's when surrender is so important. And once you get there, it can be actually exciting. Like, wow, let's see what beauty awaits me that I may not have seen if I was so locked in on what my expectations were. Oh, I love that, the way of framing that. So women with PCS were great warriors. 
You know, I, I, I know that 60% of us have some um, you know, mood-related anxiety, depression. I think a lot of us suffer with anxiety. Mm. And I do think surrender is one of the antidotes <laughs> to, <Amen>. to um, <laughs> anxiety. But could you give us um, some helpful tips on how to start that process? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes, um, and I, I do this with myself and with clients, sometimes I think putting pen to paper is really um, mm-hmm. helpful. And so I will draw two circles and I'll write down all the things that I am empowered to do um, in the midst of the circumstance that's hard <laughs> or not what I would have chosen or feels insecure somehow. Um, so all the choices I am empowered to make are all the ways that I do have agency. And then I'll, in the other circle, write down all the things I would love to control but cannot. And just seeing it visually and the practice of actually writing it um, can be helpful in I am spinning my wheels if I am spending any mental thought, emotional energy in this circle that Yes, I would love to control, but can't. And so that needs to get surrendered. And whether that happens in some sort of practice in your faith um, or whether that's just a mental exercise for you of I'm, I'm fixing my eyes on what I actually can control. Um, and I'm going to wait with expectation to see what happens in the stuff that I can't because I think surrender is also a gateway to having hope and expectancy about what the future could hold that's different than I dreamed myself. Mm. And I'm, so I'm just, I'm thinking about this in terms of what we're going through right now. And, you know, the things that I can control are, um, you know, I can make sure that I'm eating and eating really nutrient rich foods. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm cooking a lot. I'm spending a lot of time in the kitchen because everybody's home right now. but, you know, I'm, I'm finding the joy in that, too. Um, there's something really, and I know you, you're a mom of two, two boys. I mean, there's something really um, satisfying and joyful knowing that you're nourishing your family with good food. Um, that's going to help our immune systems. Um, you know, I'm making sure everybody's taking their supplements, including me. I'm uh, making sure that I'm getting enough sleep and fresh air and exercise and all of those things, you know, I, I'm I, that are within my easily within my control right now. Yes. Um, yeah. But all of the other stuff, you know, I'm I'm praying a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we are as a family praying a lot, um, and that's kind of this offering that stuff up that we can't control. Um, and releasing that is there's something there's a real bomb you know there's something very healing about that as well Um, yeah I love prayer because I think it kind of bridges the two we are empowered to pray we are empowered to talk to God about what's the worries that are on our heart but then it, it sort of hands him the stuff that we can that we would love to control but can't so it's sort of the act of prayer is what we're empowered to do, but it's also a practice of surrender, which is amazing. And I want to add one more thing to to that um, 
is gratitude. And mm-hmm. it, it, so I was tucking my daughter in last night. We were um, actually watching uh, Pride in, the, uh, the BBC Pride and Prejudice for her oh, first nice. time, which, yeah. uh, which has been kind of fun because we have the time to do that. And I was tucking her in. She, you know, we were saying our prayers. She was praying and she said, God, thank you for this break. I really mm-hmm. needed it. I needed to, to be with my brothers. She's got these two big teenage brothers that she doesn't <laughs> spend a lot of time with because they've got their own lives, but they've been spending a lot of time with her because we're all together in the house. And, sure. um, and she said, and I really needed to sleep and just relax because um, mm. I think she's been probably overscheduled with basketball and all the kids' activities and everything. And so, you know, she found the the silver lining in all of this. And it was a real uh, kind of lesson to me that, you know, I need to, to really look for that, the blessings and all of this as well. Yeah. What a beautiful prayer from, from a young one, an example to follow. Yeah. So I, I think like looking for the blessings, um, you know, even if things seem really bleak and painful, there's always something to be grateful for. Yeah, I think a question I I often or a prompt I often give myself is, okay, what is good right now? Um, And your daughter named a bunch of really great ones in the midst of Mm -hmm. um, this COVID-19 crisis that we're in as we're recording this. Um, But, you know, what is good right now? What's the fruit that came from a situation that I wouldn't have necessarily written, but I'm Mm -hmm. getting to spend more time with my family. We're slowing down um, different. We have time to do different kinds of things than we typically would. Um, There are so many um, and and gratitude is absolutely linked to hope Mm -hmm. in many, many ways. I think recognizing the ways in which, you know, again, if you're a person of faith, recognizing the ways in which God has been faithful in the past gives us a lot of courage for the future. Mm. Well, I think that's a great uh, point to finish our podcast on, Nicole. Um, I want to really encourage uh, PCOS Divas to pick up a copy of your book from Lost to Found, Giving Up What You Think You Want for What Will Set You Free. I love that tagline. Mm. Um, by Nicole, I'm going to just spell your last name for listeners, Z-A-S-O-W-S-K-I. And I'll have a link to that, uh, to Nicole's book on Amazon, on my podcast notes page. You can always find the transcript and podcast notes at PCUSDiva.com. And if you live in Connecticut, uh, Nicole is taking uh, clients in her um, marriage and family therapy practice. Maybe you could tell us where we could find out more information on that. Sure. Um, My website is just NicoleZazowski.com. Again, Z-A-S-O-W-S-K-I. And you can certainly contact me there. That is primarily my book website, Um, but you can absolutely contact me through there. 
And I also think that the nice thing about your book, too, there includes a lot of um, questions if you wanted to use this book for a book club, Um, you know, if you have, uh, you know, if you're in touch with other women um, with PCOS or uh, through fertility groups, um, you know, think about reading this book in, uh, in a book club. Yes, it's very much designed to be read in community. There's um, some discussion questions at the end of each of the four parts. Um, some some groups are splitting it up to make it an eight-week study um, and doing one part every two weeks. Um, and then some groups, you know, it's a really easy four-week study, too, if you're just looking for something simple and good to discuss. So definitely written with groups in mind. Well, I'm so glad I stumbled upon your book. Uh, oh, me too. <laughs> so thanks so much for your time, Nicole. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcosdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.